0: Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, John Macri, Fantasy Analyst here at PFF, and it is Fantasy Football Championship Week. Hope you all had a happy holidays and got into your Fantasy Championship final because we have a big one today, breaking down some of the top takeaways and waiver wire targets um, heading into this final week. And, of course, I couldn't do it alone. So who better than PFF's lead Fantasy Analyst, the great Nathan Yonke, to get you set for a championship week? Nate, happy holidays. Hope you had an enjoyable few days here
1: yeah happy holidays to you too and everyone else listening i uh, had a couple of good days uh fantasy football wise uh made more championships than not out of all my teams in the semifinals. So that was good to see uh the league that you and i are in together in the finals in that league uh did not make it in the scott fishbowl had multiple players get injured in the middle of the game so not only did i not make it i was the second worst team in the semifinal round oh, so not a good showing in the scott fishbowl and several overs and receptions that I took that I was one reception off from getting the receptions that I needed. So it was a rough day in that perspective. But a rough couple days. We have three straight days of football every afternoon and every night. So lots of football recently. How about you? How's it going?
0: Yeah, it's been good. It like you said, very busy. Um I don't know about like everybody else, but hard to watch every one of those games. I mean the the NFL really did their best to to spread them around and, and put them and like peak family time right like driving around visiting with people it's just yeah saturday sunday and then yesterday as well it was uh i was not able to watch uh, as many games as i usually do but um i am sure many people had the same struggle but yeah had uh, made plenty of finals um so looking forward to those as usual and uh should be a fun week here hopefully bring home at least a, a couple championships um here for 2023 but um yeah I'm sure a lot of people the same kind of struggles as I did here watching the game so I'm glad that we got some uh, some takeaways to talk about here in week 16 and and go over some of the the main points that we found and we usually do like a 10 takeaways on on Monday but obviously with it being Christmas we did not get a chance to uh, to go over the the do to have an episode yesterday so we'll kind of combine them today right we'll, we'll do a few takeaways from uh week 16 and then we'll focus on the on the waiver wire targets heading in into week 17 as well so should be a fun one i know nate you got the the article up on the website as well i'm um, looking at some of the um actually yeah uh, or at least on twitter you put together the snap counts i can't remember if it's on the on the website this week was, was there a takeaways website, no. article
1: Oh, no, they allowed the editors to also spend some time with their family, so spared them. So we will have the top (laughs) 10 full takeaways. We'll go over the top couple of them today, but top 10 takeaways, Uh, they will be up on the website whenever the editors get around to it, but they have gotten around to getting the waivers up. But similarly, since they weren't doing any of their usual Monday stuff, all of our usual Monday stuff and all of our usual Tuesday stuff will be happening today
0: yeah makes sense yeah I I got the same kind of issue here I will usually have the IDP fantasy report out today um but it'll it'll come out on on Wednesday instead just uh with not much time here with uh with family stuff and everything else but we will get that out um but yeah other than that we'll get into it here and do a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor fabric by Gerber life as a parent you've had to learn so many new skills to provide for your family how to do copious amounts of laundry meal plan for even the pickiest eater and now how to protect your family's financial future fabric by Gerber life provides an easy one-stop shop for your family's financial needs, offering high-quality term life insurance policies plus other financial solutions in one easy online hub. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You could go from start to covered in less than ten minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com/fantasy. That's meetfabric.com/fantasy. M E E T fabric.com/fantasy. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Insurance Company. Not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, Nate. We'll do a couple takeaways here. I know you, you like you said, you have the the takeaways article coming up on the website. So we'll take some of the 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 main takeaways from that big takeaway article here and start with the running backs as we usually do. There's usually a few things at least um, to talk about from running back situations. And we got to start with the positive one here. It is Brees Hall and the New York jet running back rotation. Um, Not much of a rotation this week. Brees Hall dominated the touches, 20 carries 95 yards, two touchdowns that gets 16 targets for 12 catches and 96 yards leads the team in receiving, i mean i'm sure like a lot of people after week 15 i guess it was um was a little bit nervous about starting him this week i'm glad i did i'm sure a lot of people are very glad that they put him in lineups if they did uh because he had a monster game so what did the jets uh running back usage look like here in week 16
1: uh yeah this week was finally kind of what we all were hoping for all season long to see out of hall um he started the season as the early down back splitting time with Dalvin cook eventually fully taking over that early down role uh then once they released michael carter Dalvin cook was the receiving back but eventually they decided to move cook from receiving back to early down back said cook would start getting more carries which uh we thought would be a good thing for hall because that meant he would finally get the third down roll back which he had to end last season or at least end when he was healthy last season so finally getting more of an every down roll. And this is the week that he finally put it all together. Um, a big thing this week. Um, we have avoided talking about Aaron Rogers because we assumed that he wasn't going to come back this season and he's not coming back this season, but he still found a way to impact things with Brees Hall, um, Nick, Balden, their fallback. He was taking some of the third down snaps, weeks 12 to 14, and Rodgers getting added to the roster, uh, pushed Balden down to the practice squad. He was strangely elevated for this game, and typically when someone's elevated from the practice squad, it means they're going to be on the uh, 46-man active roster. They won't be inactive because you can only uh, bring someone up so many times, but he was inactive for this game, so the Jets played without a fallback. Um, which meant he was not taking any of those passing down rolls, which meant Hall got all of those passing down snaps. And uh, the Jets ended up in a lot of passing situations in this game. Uh, 10 plays of third down and seven or more, 11 plays in two-minute drills, and Hall had almost all of those snaps. So it was a combination of playing a higher percentage of the passing down snaps and having a lot more passing down snaps in general. So wouldn't quite expect Hall to have quite, this good of numbers going forward just because they probably aren't going to continue to have this many third down snaps, two minute drill snaps, but still uh, very good to see that he can take um, almost all of the passing down snaps along with the majority of rushing down snaps. So this meant this was his first game in his career playing over 75% of the offensive snaps. So might not mean too much for this year, but it's at least a good sign heading into next year.
0: Yeah, definitely uh, some encouraging usage there. And we hope it it continues for just one more week here for those that uh, started Brees Hall and and got into the finals with him. Um, Another running back uh, situation uh, from this past week was out of Minnesota. So we saw Alexander Madison miss last week's game um, and Ty Chandler kind of dominated the touches. So Madison did return this week. But just two touches had negative one-yard rushing. Um, the Vikings didn't really run the ball much this game, I, I think 11, 10 or 11 times. But Ty Chandler did score a touchdown and, and led the backfield. So did Alexander Madison cut into Ty Chandler's playing time um, much at, at all in this game, Nate? It
1: really wasn't much. Um, we saw Chandler have that huge game the week before, the only 100-yard rushing performance we've seen out of a Minnesota backfield. Are running back this season and there were reports before the game that madison was not a hundred percent and that chandler would continue to be kind of that lead guy so it was a little hard to tell how much of this was madison still injured and how much of this is chandler or they view chandler that far ahead of madison but Um, On early downs, Chandler took 22 snaps. Madison took five. Uh, Chandler took all of the goal line snaps, all of the short yarded snaps. So it was a pretty clear domination of Chandler over Madison in those kind of situations, which the fact that Madison played only five snaps, I feel like if they thought he was healthy enough to play that, if they viewed him highly enough, he would have more than five snaps. You don't really have someone active just for five snaps. So it was pretty clear. He was just the backup running back to me. Um, like you said, the running backs in general didn't run very much in this game, a lot of passing situations, and they've been using fullback CJ Ham a lot in passing situations this season. He took most of the third down snaps, majority of the two-minute drill snaps, so it really meant Chandler did not have a good rushing performance. Luckily, he had that touchdown for anyone who started him, but I am um, pretty comfortable keeping Chandler in my lineup this week, despite the low stat line, just considering how much he dominated over Madison in terms of playing time. And it's a matchup against the Packers who have allowed a decent amount to running back. So still trusting Chandler this week, despite the low rushing total in this game.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. It it, at least looked promising for Chandler's usage and, and we've been kind of talking about it this year, like Alexander Madison's just, it's been super inefficient. So not surprising that the team would want to try somebody different. And then Ty Chandler obviously had that really big game last week. So that was nice to see. And then nice to see him kind of get the touches this week as well. So I'm with you. I think definitely feels safer um, starting Ty Chandler next week as well. Um, Uh, Another takeaway here, Stefan Diggs uh, of the Buffalo Bills um, gets eight targets, but just five catches for 29 yards. So down week for him, Um, down week a a couple weeks in a row, right? He he ran just, I think, 18 total routes um, this week after just 16 last week, right? And last week they ran the ball more. They ran the ball more this week as well. Um, So they've definitely been more run heavy than pass heavy uh, these past two games. So that's affected Stefan Diggs. But anything else you're seeing from the the Bills wide receiver usage here that might have you concerned about Stefan Diggs for these final weeks?
1: Uh yeah, the playing time has been pretty greatly reduced. He's only played uh, less than sixty percent of snaps three times since joining the Buffalo Bills. Uh the first time was end of the 2020 season where they rested all of their starters after halftime, last game of the season, and they were up twenty eight to six at halftime, so no need to play the starters the second half. So completely understandable why Diggs wouldn't play sixty percent of snaps that week, but then the other two games have been the last two weeks. Um Tried not to read too much into it last week just because, like you said, the Bills ran a ton that game, and it made sense. There have been times throughout Diggs' career in most games where he's taken plays off when it's been pretty clear run situations, so he's getting at least a little bit of rest, not playing 100% of snaps like we see out of some wide receivers, and at his age, that completely makes sense. We see it to an even more extreme level in Miami with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. But in this game, Diggs was off the field just nearly just as much as the game before. Um, In 11 personnel, even 10 personnel, they even used some 20 personnel this past week, um, only played 29 of 44 snaps, which is a bit lower. You typically see him play the clear majority of snaps in 11 personnel, and they really weren't using a ton of 12 or 21 personnel, only took two of eight snaps in those personnel groupings. So typically he's playing at least half of the snaps in those situations and then even looking at his pff grade uh typically i'm writing the waiver wire article sunday night so the grades aren't locked but now that i was writing it a day or two after with grades locked um digs we saw the first nine weeks of the season he was as good as ever 85.5 receiving grade uh six best among wide receivers over that stretch but since week 10 he only has a 63.6 grade so it seems pretty clear that something is up i don't know if it's an injury i don't know uh what else could be going on behind the scenes but it's his production's been hurting as playing time's been hurting and the bills play the new england patriots this week another game where they could very well run the ball a lot so i know in most leagues you're probably still starting digs because you don't have that much better options but if you're if you have a team that's strong at wide receiver i don't think it's out of the question that digs could be on the bench in some lineups and fantasy championship games
0: yeah, makes sense. Um, yeah, definitely disappointing to see and, and going against New England uh, here in week 17 as well. And the, the Patriots, one of the better run defense teams in the NFL. They have the third best run defense grade um, so far this season. They're bottom 10 in coverage grade. So maybe there's some room there if they can't run the ball uh, to take advantage of them uh, through the air, which obviously would help Stefan dig. So, um, yeah, it's just definitely concerning numbers here, especially con- considering the change here and the, the offensive philosophy over the last two weeks with them running running the ball so much but um yeah it, it's gonna be uh, there's gonna be some choices we even got a question in um we'll, we'll throw it up now just because it, it relates to Stefan Diggs um talking about this week I know you, do, you probably don't have your rankings up yet Nate but since we're talking about Stefan Diggs the question comes in from Fan Stella Rasa who says he needs three between Stefan Diggs I, I guess that's Keenan Allen AJ Brown and uh Mike Evans so we don't know if Keenan Allen's gonna be healthy or not so um if he is assuming he is uh do you, who do you yeah, leave assuming out here? allen is healthy probably benching Diggs. i don't have
1: the matchups memorized for this upcoming week right. quite yet so don't know how good or bad a matchup some of these wide receivers have but knowing Diggs is facing new england just knowing his playing time recently you're not benching aj brown you're not benching mike Evans. so it all comes down to keenan allen is healthy or not and i'm going to assume if you Plays, he's going to play a lot. They're not just going to limit him, especially considering um, how unlikely it is they make the playoffs. I don't recall if they got mathematically eliminated yet or not, but I would think he's only playing if he's healthy enough to play, considering where they're at in their season.
0: Yeah, I think that Chargers, yeah, they are um, mathematically out this uh, this year now out of the playoffs. But, um, yeah, it, it definitely uh, comes down to those two. Yeah, we'll see. I, I'd be surprised, I guess, if Keenan Allen plays um, considering yeah. their season right now. But, um, yeah, that, anyways, we'll, we'll save most of the other if we get more questions until the end. But I just wanted to put that one up there since we're talking about Stefan Diggs potentially being um, somebody to, to bench if you have good starters over him. So, yeah. Um, all right, another wide receiver takeaway from this past week was Deontay Johnson of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So coming into this game, he had a touchdown in three straight games. It helped make up for a lot of his like lower yardage totals. Um, no touchdown this week, uh, which resulted in a quieter game. Uh, so f- it did get five targets, but just two catches, 15 yards, and, and like I said, no touchdown here. So what did we see from the Steelers' wide receiver uh, rotation this week, Nate?
1: Um, He's another wide receiver where his playing time is, uh, for him, it's slowly but steadily declined. It's almost a straight line from when he came back from injury and was fully healthy to now um, just a little bit decrease each and every week. So um, if you look at it from one week to another, it's not too noticeable, but looking at it over the stretch of the last two plus months, it's pretty noticeable. Um, A lot of it has to do with um, different personnel groupings. He's still on the field for the vast majority of snaps and 11 personnel, but he's almost completely been phased out of 12 personnel or other personnel groupings with only two or fewer wide receivers. Um, only played four of a possible 15 snaps and 12 personnel this past week. Uh, George Pickens, Allen Robinson, even Miles Boykin playing more in that personnel grouping than Johnson this past week. Um, didn't take a single snap in 13 or 21 personnel. And this is also something interesting with um, Matt Canada getting fired. It's okay if wide receivers only playing in 11 personnel if they're among the top teams in 11 personnel usage, uh, teams like the Rams or the Colts. And the Steelers were one of those teams uh, before Matt Canada was fired. They were running 11 personnel, 78% of offensive snaps, uh, one of five teams to run it that often. But since they've switched offensive coordinators, they've started using a bit more variety in personnel groupings. We've seen more 12 personnel, more 13, more 21. So over the past five weeks, uh, the Steelers have only used 11 personnel on 66% of offensive snaps, which is a bit lower, which probably has contributed to Johnson's decreased snaps these past few weeks. It's not so much a change in how much he's getting used in each personnel grouping, it's how often they're using each personnel grouping. So that's a bit concerning. Um, They play the Seahawks next week, which... Uh, is a decent matchup for him so i'm not sure this is quite enough for me to bench him if i've been starting johnson obviously it depends a ton on who the other wide receivers are on the roster but i think this should be a pretty interesting thing to keep an eye on over the offseason uh one who ends up being the steelers offensive coordinator for next season if they make another change or not and then also what moves the steelers might make at wide receiver if alan robinson remains on the team if they end up drafting another wide receiver um what ends up happening there so I would not be surprised if the Steelers make a move at wide receiver especially since they've seemed a little unhappy with uh, Pickens at times so they might want an insurance policy if they do get to a breaking point with Pickens at some point so will be an interesting offseason for the Steelers
0: for sure yeah, and it's been an interesting season for them too. I mean, uh, we, we you talked about George Pickens and, and him being kind of a little bit disappointing here in, in recent weeks, and then goes off for this massive game uh, this week. Four catches, 195 yards, and two touchdowns as well. So um, that definitely took away from some of the potential for Deontay Johnson too. So yeah, it's a it's a tricky situation there to sort out. But I'm sure um, we'll, we'll get those rankings out, and, and we could find where we find where we. Are looking to start these guys um, for Week 17 as well, and. One more takeaway here from this past week, and it's coming back to the Buffalo Bills and and their passing game. It was Dalton Kincaid, who has been really quiet over the last two weeks. Very similar issue that's kind of affected Stefan Diggs, but with a much lower floor, right? He's now just seven receiving yards over the last two games. Um, Only saw two targets this past week and and just the one catch there. So what did we see from the the Bills tight ends um, since Dawson Knox is back as well?
1: Yeah, similar to uh, Stefan Diggs, the Bills have been running a ton these past two weeks, which uh, negatively impacts all of their passing game, including anyone who's had Josh Allen. But with Kincaid specifically, a lot of this is the return of Dawson Knox and um, him not getting as much playing time as he was earlier um, in the season when Knox was out. Uh, we saw specifically in 11 personnel was only playing 35% of snaps weeks one to five. Uh, That skyrocketed up to 83% once Knox was out, and now that's fallen to 58%. So it's better than what it was earlier in the season, just not nearly as good as it was in these middle parts of the season. Um, He's consistently been on the field in 12 personnel, but the One of the problems is they haven't been using as much 12 personnel uh, since Knox has come back compared to earlier in the season. Um, They were using it 38% of the time, so a lot of opportunities early in the season for both Knox and Kincaid to be on the field at the same time. That dropped to 3% of snaps once Knox was out, uh, considering their depth at tight end. And has only uh, bounced back to 26%. So they're not using as much 12 personnel. So fewer opportunities for Kincaid and Knox to be on the field at the same time. So um, the playing time has been a big issue for him. He played uh, the least amount that he's played in a game all season this past week. Uh, Second lowest amount was the week before. Which a lot of that had to do with they were running so much. And Knox is their run blocking tight end. So I would expect things to rebound at least a little bit if they start passing more often, but also his target rate has been at least a little bit lower than uh, what it's been over the average over the course of the entire season. So not only has he been running significantly fewer routes, but he's also been targeted a little bit less on his routes that he's been on the field. So um, Bill's play the Patriots again next week. Like we said, Uh, that could be a game script where they're running a lot, but it, the Patriots have been really good against the run, so they might try to be passing more often. I would expect at least a little bit more Kincaid. I'm not sure if it'll be enough for me to start him in my fantasy lineups this upcoming week. though
0: yeah it definitely feels risky at this point especially after the past two weeks um, production line it's hard to put them out there for one more week if you do have better options at tight end which again it might be hard to come by but um yeah it, it definitely been a bummer the past two weeks here for sure but um nate just highlighted the reasons why as well so um we'll move on to the waiver wire targets here in a second but I do want to give a uh, one more ad break and it is our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a skill-based real money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players. If they will go more or less than their prize picks projection, you could win up to 25 times your money on any entry. So Nate, um we got a couple here this week. Uh, I went. I went with a defensive um, prop here. I went with C.J. Mosley um, of the New York Jets linebacker there to get more than seven and a half total tackles this week. Um, Mosley, for those that don't know, been one of the better tacklers in the, in the NFL here. He's top ten in tackle efficiency. Coming off a fairly quiet game versus uh, Washington in Week 16, where he had just six tackles, but going against the Browns, who are top five in in giving up the most tackles per game to the linebacker position. So I like CJ Mosley to get seven and a half or more than seven and a half total tackles this week, which is a nice line for, for a hundred percent snap player uh, like CJ Mosley. So um, that's where I'm going. Where are you going with your, your pick this week?
1: I'm going to stick with this Buffalo game that we've been talking about for a while now. So James cook, I will have him uh, not get 65.5 rushing yards. It's against the Patriots run defense, which the Patriots as a team haven't been doing very good, but their run defense has been pretty excellent this season. Um, Only four running backs so far have gotten more than 65.5 rushing yards. Uh, Three of them, it took 22 or more carries uh, for them to get there. Something cook has only done once in his career. Um, The other one, Raheem Mostert uh, week two, and Mostert's been excellent this season, and it took him 18 carries to get 121 yards. So um, especially the second half of the season, uh, most teams running backs as a whole, when you combine all of their running backs, have not been reaching 65 yards. So um, I know the Bills have been running a lot recently. Um, Cook, his two highest games in terms of attempts have been these past two weeks. So one, I would not be surprised if this is a closer game where the Bills need to throw the ball a decent amount or at least are choosing to throw the ball um, because of the run defense. But even if it is a game script where the Bills are up by a lot, I would not be surprised if they want to give Cook a little bit more of a rest this week after how much they have needed him these past two weeks. And now it's looking a lot more likely that the Bills will end up in the playoffs. So it would be probably best for them if they have a healthy Cook who's well-rested by the time the playoffs start. Um, We did see Leonard Fournette off the practice squad for the first time for them this past week. Um, That very well could have just been because Johnson was out with an injury, but uh, Fournette, someone who's relatively fresh and has plenty of experience this time of year, so... Um, It would not be all that surprising to see Fournette get more involved or just them use any of their other running backs late in the game if they have a lead in order to uh, preserve James Cook. And even if he is running 15 to 20 times, he might not get to 65 yards, just considering how good New England's been at slowing down running backs.
0: I like it. Yeah, our Buffalo pick was good to us. Um, last week as well, we had Gabe Davis um to get more than like I think it was 33 and a half. Um, he ended up with 130, so he really uh crushed that number for us. Um, so we're gonna try to keep it going here with James Cook as well. I like it. Um at Prize Picks, you aren't competing against other people, it's just you versus the projections. Go to prizepicks.com slash PF fantasy. Use code PF fantasy for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash PF fantasy. Use code PF fantasy for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars all right Nate let's get into our waiver wire targets here uh, for week 17 and we got to start off with a familiar name one that we've been talking about a ton here and now coming off a great game on Thursday night it is Derek Carr of the New Orleans Saints uh, rostered in just 22.4% of ESPN leagues
1: uh, yeah, it always feels good that we've been talking about him for at least the last two months and, um, he finally reached the point where he had that easy schedule in the playoffs and got 319 yards and three touchdowns. Um, I trusted him in the Scott fishbowl was happy after Thursday and then everything went wrong after that point, but I did not lose because I started Derek Carr. So that was good. But Carr has another solid matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this upcoming week. Um, a big thing as cars finally plant a bit healthier. Uh, Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed, uh, both playing. There's at least a chance. Michael Thomas could be back for this game. I wouldn't count on it. Um, that would just kind of be an added bonus at this point, but the Buccaneers, allowed the seventh, most fantasy points of quarterbacks this season, um, both teams. Well, in the, playoff hunt at this moment both fighting for the division so this should be a kind of playoff caliber game for both of these teams i know plenty of teams eliminated from playoff contention so they could do some weird things starting to see some teams at the top who are pretty uh, clearly assured um at least the division titles for them so might see them resting players a little bit more late in games if they end up with the lead or playing from behind but the both of these teams need to win this game. So I fully expect um, Carr and the Saints to be doing everything they can to win. So would expect another game where they are passing a lot and the volume will help them and should be able to score some touchdowns too.
0: Yeah, definitely love it when a plan comes together and we see these nice uh, performances after we were kind of hoping for it here going into the the playoffs and then now another nice matchup in week 17, like you said, against the Bucs. And uh, our other quarterback waiver wire target this week is uh, rookie Bryce Young of the Carolina Panthers, who rostered in just 9% of ESPN leagues. Um, This past week, it it was looking like it was potentially going to be another down week for him and and not even crack 200 yards for like the 10th time this season. But then really turned it on late um, against the Packers in week 16. He ended up with, uh, I guess, over 300 yards, which was the first time in his career he's he's done that here. And um, yeah, a really nice game for Bryce Young. So proving that he has that potential, Nate. So um, what do we like about uh, Bryce Young going into uh, this final week?
1: Yeah, this I'm specifically thinking for teams that maybe have like Trevor Lawrence or Sam Mm -hmm. Howell if Howell ends up uh, getting benched after uh, getting benched these past two weeks in the middle of the games and you didn't have a backup plan and most other teams do have a backup quarterback. So there are very limited options. So only talking about young specifically for those kind of leagues where you're that desperate for a quarterback, but uh, he accomplished this against the Packers who have a lot plenty of fantasy points to quarterbacks, but now he's facing uh, Jacksonville who was similarly allowed a ton of fantasy points to quarterbacks. Uh, Six of the past seven teams facing them since their bye week have thrown for at least 260 passing yards, um, or passing and rushing combined, and then six of the last seven have also had multiple touchdowns against them. So almost all of them have finished in the top 12 fantasy quarterbacks. So there's at least a chance Young could have a fairly big game this upcoming week after having a big game last weekend the Panthers want to end the season on a strong point. It's not like they are uh, trying to tank for a better draft pick because they don't have the draft pick. They are really trying to show what they can do heading into next season since a lot of people are trying to probably fight for their jobs and starting jobs on that team. And Young certainly wants to help those players. So I could see Young having another big game against Jacksonville, a team that's on a losing streak needs to kind of rebound in order to stay in the playoff race. So expect this to be kind of a high scoring game potentially as well with young playing decently well recently.
0: Nice. I like that. Um, let's go to the running backs now and we'll start with Clyde Edwards, a Um just four carries for six yards Monday. Um, but, Jarek McKinnon's on injured reserve. Isaiah Pacheco left Monday's game with a concussion. So we got to like uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire's chances of potentially being the lead back with both of those guys. Um, I mean, we'll see with Pacheco, but doesn't seem likely that he might be available here in week 17.
1: Oh uh, Yeah, this feels like the kind of clear and obvious uh, waiver wire target of the week with both of those running backs. Uh, at least McKinnon for sure is out. Pacheco will probably going to be out considering he had the concussion and it's a somewhat shorter week for them considering they played on the Monday. So would expect Pacheco to be out. And really, they don't have many other options. I might go up. He a single digit number of offensive snaps so far this season and edward to has played in this offense for a number of years has had the early down role he's had the passing down role i'd expect him to be in every down player something that we really haven't seen out of the kansas city backfield this season um definitely would expect p ryan to see a decent amount of snaps uh, particularly on early downs potentially some on passing downs as well but The big thing with Kansas City is it's been kind of hard with Pacheco being the early down back, but McKinnon often being the goal line back, so the fantasy points for the two running backs has often been split between the two, but I think Edwards-Alaire should be able to take both the goal line snaps and get the majority of carries. Um, It's against the Cincinnati Bengals, which is a pretty average matchup for running backs, but Edwards-Alaire... And the Chiefs offense, even with the Chiefs offense not playing as well as we generally expect, um, I think he could have a big game. So he's someone that even if you don't need a running back, if you're in the fantasy championship game, you might want to pick him up just to make sure that your opponent is not able to pick him up.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Makes perfect sense. Um, And another one here, uh, potentially uh, more missed time coming up for Josh Jacobs, who. Was questionable right up until Monday uh, with that quad injury. Then it just looked like he was he was doubtful Monday morning. Um, so Zamir White um, still becomes a, a, an option here heading into Week 17. We'll see what Josh Jacobs status is, but um, gotta like the the Zamir White usage from uh, these past couple of weeks, right, Nate?
1: Uh, yeah, another one that two weeks ago, we had him at the top of the running back waivers. And I'm like, if I'm going to have him at the top when a lot of other people don't have him on the top, I at least need to trust him in some of my lineups and was rewarded for that. I uh, had his good game against the Chargers, uh, the 17th carries for 69 yards and a touchdown, and then followed that up with 22 carries for 145 yards against Kansas City, which that was particularly impressive. So this all depends on if Jacobs is going to be ready to play or not this week but the Raiders have a matchup against the Indianapolis Colts and Indianapolis has allowed the third most fantasy points to running backs this season so White could have a huge game if Jacobs does not play but if Jacobs is ready to play then Zamir White basically has no fantasy value so I would not add White to depend on him to be in your starting lineup but I would definitely be happy to add White right now just in case he plays and also just I think this is probably the other one with edwards Lair. Pick him up just to make sure that he can't be playing against you in your fantasy championship matchup.
0: Yeah, he's he's looked good, um, that's for sure. So, yeah, would want to make sure that he's at least rostered here just in case. Um, and then another situation, the the Atlanta Falcons running backs. I mean, we continue to, to talk about them, but uh, Bijan Robinson obviously had the down week in Week 15, then dominates the receiving work this past week. He, he led the team in receiving yards. But Tyler Algier definitely still involved there. Nine carries, 69 yards. He had a touchdown in there as well. So um, what do you think from the uh, Falcons' backfield?
1: Yeah, fully expect Robinson to continue to get a lot of the passing work and even Cordero Patterson getting some of the passing work as well. So Algier, basically just depending on him for his rushing production. But he has led the team in carries these past two weeks combined. 23 carries compared to 19 by Robinson, uh, 12 by Patterson. And Algier has been a lot more effective rushing as well, averaging five yards per carry. Um, a big part of that is he's not getting stuffed in the backfield like the other running backs. Uh, Algier has only been uh, tackled in the backfield 13% of his carries over these past two weeks, where it's over 40% for both Robinson and Patterson, which is a lot for both of them. But this is a great matchup against Chicago. Uh, have a lot of the eighth most fantasy points to running backs this season a game where I would expect the Falcons to be able to get a lead and maintain a lead. So I would not be at all surprised to see both Robinson and Algier see double digit carries in this game, along with Robinson still getting the receiving work. So I'm not picking up Algier because I'm necessarily concerned about Robinson. I think this is a week where both of them can be effective, but it'll be a huge gamble. This is Arthur Smith who has done, crazier things this season so there's a chance we see Algier only run the ball three or four times and uh Bijan Robinson get almost all of the work or we could see Algier run more than 15 times in this game or anything in between so it's a complete gamble if you're willing to trust him but this is if there's any week that I would be trusting Algier this season this week would probably be the week
0: Gotcha. Um, And then on the Chicago running backs, we saw Deontay Foreman um, miss this game. It was not injury related. So um, Khalil Herbert led the backfield uh, 20 carries 112 yards, which was a season high for him. And he scored his first rushing touchdown uh, of the year as well. So um, looking at the splits for the the Bears backfield, um, if Foreman misses another game, got to feel pretty confident about Khalil Herbert uh, in week 17.
1: Uh, Yeah, this game looked very similar to what we were seeing very early on in the season, both in terms of uh, playing time for the running backs. We saw Herbert take the majority of the early down snaps, at least some of the short-guarded situations, and then Roshan Johnson, as he's done all season, has gotten the passing down work. So a little surprising considering we saw a couple weeks ago when Foreman was out and we saw... Um, Johnson take the majority of the snaps, both on early downs and passing downs, and he had over 15 touches in that game. So uh, for one, um, this all depends on if Foreman misses another game or not. Um, It's been undisclosed what the personal matter is, which is actually as much as I want to know as much as I can for fantasy football purposes. So we can be prepared for next week. It's nice that players are able to have that kind of privacy that the personal matter, whatever it is, hasn't been disclosed and hopefully everything's all right with him. But I wouldn't be all that surprised. Even if Foreman is back this week If Herbert is the starter. I probably am not trusting this in most leagues because it is a game against the Atlanta Falcons and the Falcons have been pretty good against running backs this season. But any time that I think there's even a chance that a running back's going to see double-digit carries in a week, I think it's at least worth mentioning because all it takes is for Herbert to get those 10 or more carries and end up breaking one long run and he has a great fantasy performance. So there are leagues where you might have a lot of struggles at running back. I need a running back who's going to see 10 or more carries. But also think this will be interesting for next year just because we thought Johnson there's, was at least a chance he could be the every down back next year. But I fully expect Herbert to be back on the roster considering his salary. So it'll be a pretty interesting backfield, not just for this week, but for next year as well.
0: Definitely. Um, all right. Moving to another running back situation uh, that where the starter missed the game, it was Brian Robinson of the Washington Commanders who uh, did not play again this week. So Chris Rodriguez um, ends up scoring two touchdowns. Nate, uh, Chris Rodriguez, the the lead back here for the for the past couple of weeks, as far as carries go um, in Washington. So how are we feeling about his potential uh, in week 17 if Robinson misses another game?
1: Uh, there's a lot of things that need to go right this week, but considering (laughs) Rodriguez is only rostered in 2.5% of ESPN leagues, I need to at least mention him because there's a chance those things could go right. So, uh, we saw him be in a three-man backfield when Robinson first met action, but Jonathan Williams was part of that three-man man rotation and he is also injured now so this past week it was gibson and rodriguez with rodriguez getting the majority of the early down snaps um plenty of the short yarded situations as well so um was the lead uh person and carries these past two games i think we just over double digit carries in those games Um, So not only do we need uh, Brian Robinson to miss another game, uh, Rodriguez was spotted in a walking boot after the game. I haven't heard anything about that to this point. It could just have been uh, more precautionary. So we don't know what Rodriguez's status for this week is. And even if it is just Rodriguez and Gibson this upcoming week, it is a game against the San Francisco 49ers where the 49ers generally have been good against running backs. Um, would expect them to be playing better than they did last night against Baltimore in general. So would expect Washington to need to pass a lot, which they've done plenty this season. So not a great matchup for Rodriguez. He might not uh, be the starter one because Robinson could be back Two because he could be injured, but if he is the starter, There could be leagues where you need a running back, and all the guys we talked about are already taken, so Rodriguez could be your only option. And if you're able to get a running back who is able to lead the team in carriers, regardless of the opponent, in some leagues, that's all that matters. So Rodriguez is an option, particularly in those deeper leagues where someone might be desperate for a running back.
0: Yeah, definitely. I I played him in a in a deeper league this week. Kind of a desperation play and, and yeah, I was happy that I did. So but like you said, there there's definitely a lot that needs to go right uh to, to be trusting him in lineups this week. Um and then last running back name on the list here, an interesting one, Jaleel McLaughlin of the Denver Broncos. Um, we see we saw him actually lead the team in rushing yards this past week with just thirty-seven. But um, Javante Williams been kind of inefficient. He did score a touchdown this past week, but McLaughlin also getting involved in the receiving game as well.
1: Yeah, this is a situation where I wanted to make sure I included at least one running back that was highly available that didn't need a bunch of ifs in order for you to consider starting him. This is just the best option that um, you don't need to know anything about their potential injuries for that game or anything. Just if you're desperate for a running back off the waiver wire, all the guys we've talked about are taken and you need someone. He's the player that I'd be targeting has played very well throughout the season when he has been given an opportunity has been among the best running backs on a per play basis, which has been great to see. And Williams, like you said, hasn't been as effective. So Williams playing time has been on the decline in recent weeks and McLaughlin's playing time has increased in recent weeks. Uh, Like you said, was also getting involved in the passing game and they are playing the Los Angeles chargers this week, a team that's allowed the ninth most fantasy points to running backs. So I probably would not expect him to get to 10 touches in this game, but I think going up against Los Angeles, there's certainly a chance for some big plays in there. So I think McLaughlin uh, obviously don't want him starting in the majority of leagues, but in some leagues, if you're dealing with a number of injuries and ended up making the finals anyway, he's the player that I'd consider who has a chance to have a big game, even if he's not getting that many touches.
0: Nice. I like it. Um, all right, let's move to some wide receivers here. And we're always talking about Green Bay Packers uh, receiving options in, uh, in the waiver wire section of our, our articles and, and shows here. So we're going to continue that with Romeo Dobbs of the Green Bay Packers, who's rostered in 40 percent of ESPN leagues. No Christian Watson, no Jaden Reed this past week. So he led the team in receiving yards with 79 yards and a touchdown. So still liking the potential here for Romeo Dobbs going into week 17.
1: Oh Yeah, it's been the same thing all season where he's just keeps scoring touchdowns, even if he's not catching a ton of passes. Um, it ranks in the top 40 fantasy wide receivers this season, even though he only has, I think, five performances in the top 20. But a big thing is the health of the other Packers wide receivers. Watson and Reed both missed this past week, Dontavian Wicks. uh, Missed a lot of practice heading into the game, and he didn't play at all in the second half. So out of the top four wide receivers in Green Bay, Dobbs is the only one who is healthy. So fully expect Dobbs to see a ton of playing time this week. Basically, regardless of which wide receivers are active or inactive for the game, since he typically sees a lot of playing time anyway, it's just I would expect his target share to be much higher if a lot of these wide receivers are missing time. And it's a game against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they've led the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. Uh, Dobbs scored a touchdown against them when they played earlier this year. Would not be surprised if Dobbs ends up scoring another touchdown. So a guy who I think has a decent uh, floor and someone who has a decent chance of scoring a touchdown as well. So that's why he's the top wide receiver option this week.
0: I like it. Um, another receiving option of the Houston Texans, it's Noah Brown. We talked about him the uh, past couple of weeks, weeks, um, obviously with injuries to Tank Dell and Nico Collins. He's kind of been uh, more involved here. Down game this week, though, after a pretty big week 15, just the three catches for 38 yards. But also no C.J. Stroud, um, who missed this his second straight game with a concussion now. So chance that the, we see C.J. Stroud back, which definitely helps Noah Brown's uh, potential here in the receiving game.
1: Yeah, and we talked about this a week before. He caught the eight passes for 82 yards and a touchdown against Tennessee. Tennessee has allowed a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers. We knew he was facing the Cleveland Browns, and the Cleveland Browns have had an excellent defense this season, especially against wide receivers as well. So was not expecting too much out of Brown this week. Um, So a big thing is he's facing the Titans again. Hopefully has Stroud back. Uh, View him kind of similarly to Tyler Algier at running back, just someone who... He's had two games recently where he didn't catch any passes, but he has also had two games in his past six games where he had over 150 receiving yards so someone who is a very risky player to start but someone who could reward your team in a big way so I think both Algier and Brown someone to consider especially if your team's expected to lose the fantasy championship and you need to make more of your more gambles in your lineup I think Brown is the perfect player to gamble on with probably the highest ceiling of all of the wide receivers we'll be talking about today
0: Nice. Like that. Um, And then another player that we've talked about quite a bit is Rashid Shahid of the New Orleans Saints. This is similar to Derek Carr, right? We've been talking about his potential involvement in the offense here with Michael Thomas out. And he's maintained a pretty strong target rate with Thomas out. Nine targets this past week, got 70 yards and a touchdown on Thursday. Um, So some really nice usage and involvement here for Rashid Shahid. And we continue to like him um, heading into week 17 as well.
1: Uh, yeah, it's nice he kind of, he finally kind of put things together in terms of his health at least since ever since Michael Thomas was out, we liked what we saw in his limited action. But he's been dealing with injuries. Uh, he's finally seems to be fully healthy at this point. Caught the five passes for seventy yards and a touchdown, which is great to see. Um, target share has been a relatively decent. I think there's a chance that we could see it get a little bit higher this week against Tampa Bay, and we saw that nice touchdown catch, but he hasn't made quite as many big plays as he was earlier in the season, and I think there's at least a chance he is capable of making those kind of big plays against Tampa Bay. So someone that I think should see at least a couple of catches for a decent number of yards, but has the possibility of having that big play to go along with all of that to get him over potentially 100 receiving yards in this game.
0: Nice. Um, and then last wide receiver on the list here is Greg Dortch of the Arizona Cardinals. So for deeper leagues here, he's rostered in just two and a half percent of ESPN leagues. We saw him score a touchdown um, this past week. He had five targets, just the two catches for 45 yards. But like you said, like I said, found the end zone. Um, no Hollywood Brown this past week. It's been yeah, Greg Dortch, Michael Wilson, Rondell Moore. So um, we, we feel pretty good about Greg Dortch here heading into week 17.
1: Uh, yeah, he's the guy that if you are in a deeper league and need a wide receiver and the guys we've talked about are already taken. I think Dorch has the best chance to have a big game this week. Um, similar to guys like Derek Carr, Rashid Shaheed, who we've been talking about forever, looking at their matchups in the fantasy playoffs. Michael Wilson was that guy for Arizona that I had consistently been including here. Um, Had a big sigh when I removed his name and replaced it with Dortch here just because uh, Wilson, we were banking on him, gaining some chemistry with Kyler Murray since he returned from his injury, but uh, hasn't caught a pass in any of his five targets these past two weeks, so has not gained that chemistry with Kyler Murray yet, and it's really been Dortch who has that chemistry with Murray, even dating back to last season, but Dortch has been the best wide receiver for Arizona basically since Murray's return from injury or not oh yeah from injury um the highest graded among the cardinals wide receivers has the most targets receptions receiving yards touchdowns yards per route run so basically any stat you want to look at for wide receivers um obviously Trey mcbride's been the favorite target at tight end has been having a huge season this year but i think dorch especially going up against the Philadelphia Eagles this week. Um, expect the Cardinals to be down against the Eagles and needing to pass the ball a ton in this game. Uh, would expect McBride to be the favorite target, but would also expect the Eagles defense to kind of focus a lot on McBride. So I think Dortch should have a decent chance of seeing a number of targets, which should end up with a decent amount of receiving yards. And especially if Marquise Brown ends up missing time, um, Dorch has played well enough that he worked his way into the rotation. So even when all of the Cardinals wide receivers are healthy, they are rotating all four of them in and out a lot. So expect Dorch to see plenty of playing time regardless. But especially if Brown is out, then Dortch should see even more playing time this week.
0: I like it. Um, all right, let's move to some tight ends now, and we'll start with uh, Chico Conquo of the Tennessee Titans, who got his first touchdown of the season this week on a Derrick Henry pass. Um, he also had a season high 63 yards and six catches as well. Um, been getting more work here lately. We've talked about him a few times. So um, like the the positive trend here for Chico Conquo, Nate.
1: Oh, yeah, it felt fitting that we talked about him so much early in the season, and at least for the near future, this is probably going to be my last podcast for a while as I shift my time back to the B2B side. Uh, John will be, still be here for a while, at least through the playoffs, but I will be shifting my time back to the B2B side a little bit, so I'm glad that we get to talk about Okonkwo on at least my last show of this 2023 year. And uh, he's really taken advantage of a number of injuries to a number of other players on Tennessee. Uh, Josh Wiley, their backup receiving tight end, has missed the last three games. Uh, run blocking tight end Travon Wesco uh, missed this past week with a shin injury. Uh, Nick Westbrook-Akine ended up on injury reserve. Uh, Traylon Burks at least missed some time in practice and was able to play. Uh, Kyle Phillips, their thought receiver, missed this last week with a hamstring injury. So, A lot of the other receivers that would be catching passes in the middle of the field for Tennessee are out. So Kunkwo uh, slowly but steadily has seen his playing time increase for the past month and a half now. And has been having his best receiving work recently. He's gained at least 45 receiving yards in four of his last five games after failing to hit 40 receiving yards in his first 10 games. So just has been consistently putting up decent numbers and facing the Houston Texans, who have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends this season. So a combination of a Kunkwo playing well recently and a good matchup. So still is not playing nearly as well as he was last year. A chance he could continue to improve and play as Well, as he did last year at some point, so that would obviously be excellent this week. Um, It will depend a little bit on the health of the other receivers. I will be a little bit more concerned, specifically if Josh Wiley is back and also if Trevon Wesco is back. But I think if you need a tight end off the waiver, wire, Cook
0: will probably be the clear player to target here. Nice, I like it. Um, and if not Okonkwo, we got a couple other options here. Um, Gerald Everett of the Los Angeles Target uh, Chargers. Um, as <laughs> thinking about him uh, getting targets because he has gotten targets, eight targets at least in, in three straight games now um, for Gerald Everett, which has been nice to see. And we saw him come up with seven catches for forty-two yards um, this past week. So there's definitely some potential here for for Gerald Everett in the Chargers' offense right now.
1: Oh yeah, a lot of this has coincided with Easton Stick taking over at quarterback, so it's good to see that Everett's had that chemistry with Stick, but this is also largely coincided with Keenan Allen being out, as well as backup tight end Donald Parham being out. So Also taking advantage of injuries to the position, allowing him to see more playing time and a higher target share. So some of this will depend on if Allen's able to come back, if Parham's able to come back. But even if those players are back, he should still be sticks. If he's not his favorite target, his second favorite target. And they are facing the Denver Broncos, who have allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends this season. So I don't think he has a huge ceiling, considering uh, he hasn't had many big games this season. But I do think he's fully capable of catching uh, five to eight passes for around 50 receiving yards so not an excellent performance but i think if you are desperate for a
0: tight end he can at least have a pretty solid floor this week yeah love the matchup for sure and yeah in like full ppr leagues there's definitely some potential here for the you know him to get some catches and and put up some decent numbers hopefully finds the end zone as well but um last name on the list here it is our final tight end um and it is Tucker Craft of the Green Bay Packers. So we've seen him be very good lately. I know Luke Musgrave, um, his his practice window's been open as well. So potential that he could be back. Um, but either way, Tucker Craft has done a nice job uh, filling in these past few weeks. So how are you feeling about um, Tucker Craft going into week 17?
1: I'm feeling pretty decent about him. He caught four passes for 60 yards against Carolina. A third consecutive game with four catches for 55 or more yards so i've uh, been fairly consistent in this packers offense has been consistently playing at least 90 percent of offensive snaps with luke musgrave out um like you said the practice window is open but he did not practice thursday or friday last week so i wouldn't be all that surprised if musgrave starts to practice a little bit this week but not quite ready for game action um if musgrave is back then probably not trusting craft but um against minnesota i uh, pretty average matchup for tight ends. It's not a great matchup, but I do want a tight end who is available in at least 90% of ESPN leagues. And Kraft is by far the player who's been producing the most recently out of that pool of tight ends. So I think if you're in one of these deeper leagues and need a tight end, especially with someone like uh, TJ Hawkinson, who suffered an injury this past Mm -hmm. week, I think Kraft is probably the best option in some of those deeper leagues.
0: I'm with you. Yeah, it could be uh, could be a nice t- Tucker Craft moment here in Week 17, especially if M- Musgrave um, misses the game. And like you said, yeah, the TJ Hawkinson one. Definitely a concerning injury there. Um, but yeah, that is going to wrap up today's episode of the PFF Fantasy Podcast. Uh, like Nate said potentially his, his final one, at least his final one here for the, the regular season. We'll maybe try to sneak him on uh, in the playoffs <laughs> at one point and, uh, and, and get him to talk some fantasy football. Well, at least one more time here before um, we head into the, the official off season, but Nate, uh, big thank you to you. Obviously uh, it was a fun first year here doing this with you. And uh, thank you to putting all these lists together and giving the people, lots of fantasy goodness to help them win a championship. And hopefully we're able to close that out here in week 17 and do so. But um, for those of, you who are looking for more Nate Nate please let uh, them know what else you have up on pff.com this week do before you do go
1: ah uh, yeah so we have the waivers up uh, we'll hopefully have the top 10 recap up hopefully it's already up at this point we'll see but should be up sometime this morning um we'll have my rankings for the fantasy championship week up later today on the website and an article form tomorrow and we'll continue throughout uh even week 18 for anyone who does any fantasy football related things in week 18 as well as throughout the fantasy playoffs. We'll continue doing my rankings for whoever needs them uh, throughout that time. And then we'll have my start set article last start set article of the season up on Thursday, like usual. And then we'll also take the opportunity to thank you, John, for putting this together every week and making sure that the show is running. So I don't have to worry about the tech issues of getting the show up and running and all the behind the scenes stuff there, as well as having the show up, four days a week when i'm only doing it uh, twice a week so allowing me to spend more time writing and that kind of stuff there so uh, i've been happy to have the show with you and i've enjoyed talking with you both on and off the air and we'll continue talking with you all off season long and hopefully we will be back uh full go in the off season and for the rest of the season
0: next year as well Absolutely, my friend. Yes, it has been a pleasure. I've been happy to do it. And yeah, we'll we'll continue to keep it rolling, um, helping people get ready for this week 17 championship week. Um, I will be back. Tomorrow, we're going to do the IDP preview for week 17, and then Kate and I will be back on Thursday getting people ready for the fantasy championship um, for all those offense-only leagues. Um, So, yeah, again, thank you all very much for listening all season long. Um, We appreciate you. Good luck in week 17, bringing home those championships, and until next time, peace out.